0: Hello, welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast to and for the wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. So it's been a big 12 months at Australian Wool Innovation, AWI, and the annual general meeting for the company certainly reflected that. The presentations from the meeting from the new chair, Colette Garnsey, and the CEO, Stuart McCulloch, can be seen at wool.com slash AGM. However, I thought it best to actually catch up with a wool grower, in fact a wool grower who hasn't been to an AGM before, and just ask them what they thought of what AWI does across research and marketing. So I caught up with Nigel Kerrin from Yeovil in New South Wales to talk through, well, a lot. Many of you will know Nigel Kerrin from Yeovil in New South Wales, a bit of a thought leader for want of a better term in the sheep industry and very much uh, a very, very passionate and a very successful man in the uh, merino industry. Nigel, thanks very much for uh, joining us on The Yarn, lovely to see you again.
1: Good to be back here, first AGM I've ever been to, I uh, learned heaps today
0: so we've had a bit of a different AGM it's the first time you've possibly heard from our new uh, chair Colette Garnsey, as well as a very thorough uh, look across the company from uh, research development and marketing what did you make of it
1: I think for the wool that weren't here today you um, you've got a very impressive chair she I was absolutely um, Totally impressed by the way she handled the meeting, the way she handled herself, and her level of knowledge across all levels of questions.
0: And for those, of course, that weren't here, you can see it online at uh, at wool.com and across the company. Uh, you also heard from uh, the CEO, Stuart McCulloch, across what we're doing with your levy, Nigel. What do you make of that?
1: Uh, I wish I'd left it at 2% after being here today. The reason being, to do the stuff they're doing takes serious cash to do it. They're investing into your future. Uh, there's projects they're doing. I wouldn't have had a clue unless I'd have been here today or I studied it on the internet or via the AWI um, website. But um, I think the way they're spending money across all facets of the industry, from dogs to you know high-end fashion, they're covering as best they can, ticking all boxes for addressing the needs of as many people they can that pay uh, levies.
0: And there was a lot of talk I suppose a bit about uh, WoolQ, we've heard about this for for some time. Um, Will you be putting your wool up on WoolQ in the future or how do you see that?
1: We always implement technology as it comes along and I see no reason why you wouldn't be using WoolQ.
0: Well, the the offer board uh, actually turns up sort of in the next few months, so that's uh, well worth it. But tell us a little bit about um, your own company, Nigel, because it's grown uh, very, very quickly. You've got a very successful operation, but you have obviously still in drought. How have you approached the drought?
1: pretty much there's only one way to successfully approach drought and that's just keep continuously matching stock rate to carrying capacity. And um, this year we finally got to a stage where we had to uh, use containment feedlotting and that worked incredibly well. And and the good thing about it, containment feedlotting everything this year and taking them off the paddocks was our feed bill every week was being covered by the wool they grew and that was a pretty good feeling knowing that you, even at record prices for barley, 500 bucks a tonne delivered, every week we were still in front with the wool that we were growing. So um, I guess you just got to look to the work that AWI have done in the last few years of uh, helping to get high wool prices that helped me pay my feed bill um, whilst that was going on. So yeah, it was fairly palatable this year to be a merino breeder and have a one in 10 year event, which is what we get in our district. Every one in 10 years, we copper canin' and that was this year, but it was the first year you've been able to feed and you knew the wool was more than paying for the feeding.
0: It is of course income that you don't have into the business later on though. Um, And have you, are you still containment feeding now?
1: No, no, we come out of containment about the, yeah, it was the 10th of September and everything's been on grass, full feed, and we stopped feeding on the 10th of September, but um, we're at very low stocking rates at the moment, and we're not really game enough to do anything yet because we j- still have no subsoil moisture. We do have grass. I think we've got about 155 days of grass on hand for what the animals we've got at the moment, but we haven't been able to adjust stocking rate to carrying capacity upwards which um, obviously helps us pay bills.
0: Well, I, I still remember your comments some years ago about putting uh, grass in the grass bank, before <laughs> putting money in the money bank, which is very good. You still yeah.
1: No, wrong. absolutely. It's impossible to have money in your money bank unless you've got a good grass bank. So um, I still stick by that one very much. So, and it's very much one I'm always pushing onto our clients.
0: Now, technology is something that uh, interests you, and, and particularly young people in technology. It's. Uh, something that is uh, quite a focus at AWI these days, but within your own business, where do you see technology making a difference?
1: Uh, you have to invex- invest in technology and then you won't get an immediate answer. It takes a while for the answers to start coming through. And last year we spent $144,000 doing full genomics on all our breeding years and every lamb born in the stud. And this year what we did was fleece weighed the lamb, rams after ram sale uh, and our size and rams that have been held by us uh, due to drought conditions where the clients brought them from. We fleece weight them all, then we match their physical fleece weights back to their ASBV fleece weight and we got a 100% mirrored match. And I believe that mirrored match come from the accuracy in the, um having the mother there and all her data in Merino Select as far as fleece weights and everything else we've got. So doing genomics, getting 100% match to her progeny, 100% match back to the side that produced him, give us 100% accuracy with our ASBVs for fleece weights and that is the first time it's happened and that happened as a result of introducing technology. So the faster we introduce technology, the faster we can sell our product back into our rambine clients that's going to make a difference into their business.
0: Are you involved in the Marino Lifetime Productivity project? Yes. Yeah. And you're obviously taking a fair bit of interest in that
1: then? Yeah, and it'll be better once we link the data from MLP back to Marino Select. That's where the rubble hit the road.
0: Yep, And is that through, that's at Marino Marino Lincoln tomorrow, is it? Or
1: which uh, we're in Trangy and Balmoral this year, and yeah. I've got a few across it.
0: And uh, young people um, is something you also uh, take a great interest in. Uh, are you noticing uh, a sort of rejuvenation or a, more of an interest uh, for young people to come back into the wool
1: industry? I think... Um, what I'm learning as I get older is uh, knowledge is everything and the accessibility of knowledge via smartphones these days by the next, the younger generation. It's amazing how quick and how up to speed they are on everything that's going on and how that level of knowledge wasn't available to, to my generation. and. I just see the managers that are coming through now are going to surpass management of say my generation. They're just so much better informed and well, it's through the use of apps or internet, they've just got so much information if they choose to use it. Um, and when you get those young managers that are using it, it's you know, feed budgeting and megajoules and protein and all that for our app use and uh, recording of data on all our stud animals. It's just light years away from where it was only five or six years ago.
0: And uh, very powerful. Now, a bit of a personal question. How old are your children these days? Are
1: they... uh... Uh, Yeah, the oldest bloke's Joe. He's back home. uh, 24
0: 24, 24 and 21. Oh wow, they're a bit older than I remember. So are they all involved in the farm? And what do you talk to them about in terms of um, uh, the future and uh, that big issue of succession?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's what we were doing down in Sydney this morning. Had to meet with a few people just starting that process. But um, uh, the oldest bloke, he did uh, did year 12, did t- two years of Jackaroo and Upper Bark Downs in Queensland. And he's been home now for four years, just on four. Um, I think I think communications is the biggest way of bringing young people up for your business and getting them to a level where they're able to manage most things. So I think that open communications and 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 considered communications and doing it often, which is nearly every morning. Um, yeah, as I said, I just see the next generation coming through. Their level of knowledge and level of sophistication that they're going to bring to management will make my generation look pretty bloody useless.
0: <laughs> I very much doubt that. But how do you feel about the next uh, five or even ten years uh, in the wool game? I mean, uh, uh, things are pointing in the right direction. Um, how do you see it?
1: I... Um, I just, I just in our, in, from, for ourselves we just looked at, we started Kieran Pole nine years ago and I looked at what was it that we had to address in the merino industry and it was pretty simple. It was the things that people left merinos to go to other breeds was what we had to introduce into our merinos and that was fertility, fast early growth and doing ability. And that was the reasons why they went to the terminal breeds, just chasing growth, doing ability and fertility. And that's what we've worked on in the merino industry. And that's where I believe the future lies in the technology, using technology, genomics. Um, You know, even the results from sire evaluation are so powerful. If you're into studying sire evaluation, the road to success has been laid in front of you, if you choose to follow it. and it's all documented and brought back to cents and dollars so technology in the merino industry if you aren't on it you will be out of it and it won't take long before the I, d- I don't think it's going to be long before the studs that won't introduce technology are going to really uh, struggle to maintain ram sale numbers
0: Fair enough. Um, So you're pointing a lot of people to sire evaluation and uh, the Merino Lifetime Productivity Project. What exactly do you suggest people look at in terms of those results?
1: It's actually... There's a lot of fallacies out there. And when you study sire evaluation results, those fallacies of so-called heavy-cutting sheep, you might think they're heavy-cutting, but when they go on sire evaluation, they aren't. And there's a lot of uh, sheep that you think are fast-growing, fast-maturing animals. And you may believe that, but when they go into sire evaluations, sometimes they aren't. The doing ability and the return to service that's coming out of MLP, and number of lambs raised, what you think is right, a lot of times is a fallacy. So a lot of the beliefs that we've had about this Merino animal, science, results from sire evaluation, MLP, the
0: results of um, Merino Select,
1: they've been tipped on their head.
0: That's Nigel Kerrin from Yeovil in New South Wales speaking at the Australian Wool Innovation AGM. And as I mentioned, all presentations from the AGM uh, at wool.com AGM. So I hope you've enjoyed uh, the podcast. Uh, we're getting quite a bit of uh, feedback, which is fantastic, and ideas. They're all welcome at, the yarn at wool.com. But for now, thanks for your company and look forward to catching up again soon.